Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In book two of his work, The Art of Rhetoric, Aristotle is going to discuss anger among the many other emotions. And he tells us a lot of interesting things about how anger works, as you could call it a psychological set of dynamics. And among those is a very short discussion that is well worth unpacking. It has to do with the types of people that other people, including ourselves, will get angrier in the presence of, or, you know, when thinking about, or we will talk about what the scope of this is, when somebody else does things that anger us. Literally, when we are slighted. The Greek term is oligoria, being made less. And you remember that there's different types of slighting consisting in contempt or spite or insult. And And the focus here, though, is not on the two people, the angerer and the angered. It's on the presence, or you could call it the witness, of a third person or group of people. Aristotle tells us that in these situations, people become more angry. The anger is intensified. And we can think about all different modes in which this greater or malon in Greek occurs. So the intensification of anger towards the offending person, it might be getting angrier in terms of the intensity of it. You know, I feel angry angrier. It could be that it shows itself in attitude or action. I'm more likely to raise my voice, to shout, to punch people, to break things, to do other typical actions associated with anger. It might actually spill over onto a wider range of people, or it could be getting angry for too long of a time, right? There's a lot of different ways in which this greater or more, this intensifier can take place. And we should also talk about the being slighted before or in front of pros in Greek. So pros is a term that is used to denote quite literally being in front of, but it can also mean in relationship to. So a prime example of this would be when you have an email exchange that gets a little bit testy or salty and people could get angry in this and then somebody hits reply all and it goes out to everybody or they copy and paste parts of your email. You can get angrier even though we're only talking about a virtual situation. This might also extend to imagining yourself being in the presence of or being seen by these other types of people. And Aristotle says that they are five. 
He says prospente in Greek. And so what are these five types? You notice that for four of them, there are a kind of parallel that's drawn, right? In terms of admiration, admiration, we'll talk about what that means in just a moment. It could be a little bit broader than that. Same thing with respect. But then we have this first group. And interestingly, in pretty much all of the English translations that I've seen, this term is translated as people who are our rivals. And what is a rival? It's somebody who is sort of on the same level as us, and we're always trying to outdo them, and they're trying to outdo us. So it could be fellow academics, in my case, you know, scholars, I'm going to write a book. Oh, he's already writing a book. Can I get my book out first? You know, we're rivaling each other over that. It could be co-workers. It could be uh, fellow managers. If you, you know, have attained some sort of position, it could be rivalry in terms of other things that are not work-related, like I like my yard to look really, really great. And my neighbor across the street is also trying to make their yard look really, really great. And people pass by and they're like, ooh, look at that yard. Look at this yard. That's a kind of rivalry. It could also be in terms of other things. Now, the word that Aristotle actually uses here is more often translated in terms of desiring status, being ambitious, looking for honors, quite literally loving honors, philotimuntai. So philo, philane is the love or desire or affinity for something. And timuntai is coming from time, which means social status or honor. And so Rivals are rivals precisely because what their rivalry is really about is not who can make the most money, it's rather what the money signifies or who has the most beautiful lawn, but what the lawn itself signifies, the honor, the social regard that goes along with it. So when we are being insulted, put down, whatever it's going to be, the slighting, when we're in the presence of our rivals, people who we take seriously, we are liable to get more angry with the person who is angering us. Not with the rival him or herself, but rather with the person who is dishonoring us in the face of those who we are striving for honor with. So that's one important class. Now we get to the second and third. And the Greek term that Aristotle is using here is thaumadzein proshus thaumadzusin and hupon bulontai thaumadzusthai. And thaumadzein is the word that we translate when we say philosophy begins in wonder, right? So wondering or being in awe of seeing somebody, for example, as a star right? That is an example of thaumadzein. We could also use the term admire those who we hold in high regard and we marvel at because of that. So it could be musicians. It could be people in our field. I've had uh, encounters where I meet somebody whose books I've read and greatly liked and I'm admiring them, right? You know, a good example of that would be when I got to be in a faculty seminar with Alistair McIntyre. You're kind of struck 
by that admiration as you come in. Turns out he's very down to earth and very practical, very interested in what other people have to say, not a respecter of persons. And so it was possible for a friendly relation rather than a mere admiration relation to arise. And you could say that there's a lot of people that one might have this with. I remember one time when we were in a restaurant in Washington, D.C., because my wife was attending a conference there, and there was a, you know, the Secret Service were there as well, and people were like, oh, I wonder who it is. And then Michelle Obama came walking out, and she was in, you know, very tall, and people were like, ooh, ah kind of starstruck over that as well. So that, you know, people who we admire. Now, when we're insulted or belittled or humiliated in front of people who we admire, Aristotle is saying the natural tendency is not just to get angry, but to get angrier. And it also works the other way. People who now, notice what he says here. He doesn't say people who we are admired by. It's not that simple of a transition. People who we wish to be admired by. Hupon bulontai. Bulontai is this desiring, this wishing to be admired by, right? The, those for whom, with whom, by whom we want to be admired. And this is quite important. Aristotle doesn't necessarily think that we care that much about those who do admire us getting insulted in front of them. It's the ones that we want to be admired by. So perhaps that could include some of the people we are admired by, and it wouldn't include some of the others, the ones who are like, I, I don't care what they think, right? I care what these people think, what they feel, and now I get angrier in relation to this person who is lowering my social status. And we see a similar thing happening with the fourth and the fifth, the second pair, that status is playing a very important role here. And, you know, it's a decent translation to say those that they respect. It's literally those before whom they could feel a sense of shame, right? Aishunontai, and the correlative, entois, aishunomenois, autus, right? So those who we respect, those whose opinions and values and judgments we care about, we are liable to get angrier when we are insulted or put down when we're in their presence because it sort of strikes us more, right? Maybe we fear that they're not going to respect us unless we retaliate. So th there's a lot going on there. And then he says, uh, it's not just with those who we respect, where we're in a sort of going upward relation to them. It's also those who respect us, or at least we think that they respect us. When we are put down in front of them, we get angrier. We dig our heels in more. We retaliate more quickly or more vengefully. So a lot of this is, you could think, about maintaining or restoring one's social position, whether it be understood in terms of respect or ad admiration or rivalry. We could say esteem in general. All of this is a very important set of ideas that we have to keep in mind when we see people getting angry or ourselves getting angry in ways that seem out of proportion, out of place 
Perhaps what's going on is we are being angered in the face of, or in the presence of, or in relation to some of these people. And knowing that allows us to perhaps introduce a bit more practical rationality to our anger response and tamp it down a bit, realizing this would be a, a helpful cognitive, let's call it assistance, right? And there's another important upshot of this. If we're going to do things that we think are going to anger other people and we don't want to make them angrier, maybe we don't do it in front of these other people. If I know that, for example, my wife and I are going to disagree about something and she's probably going to get angry about it, maybe I don't do that in front of her rival or people who she admires or wants to be admired by or respects or is respected by because I'm kind of setting things up to have more of a response. We can be better in how we approach people and how we set up situations by attending to these important psychological factors. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.